Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to Zion's Redemption Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Lichtenwalter, and this is Fundamentally Mormon. Today we're going to be reading chapter 19 of Polygamy in the Bible, pages 198 to 202. The title of the chapter is Marriage at Cana, The reading portion of this program is about eight and a half minutes long. And then we'll get into the commentary portion and open up the phone lines. Thank you for listening. The Marriage at Cana, Chapter 19 of Polygamy in the Bible, pages 198 to 202. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And but Jesus was called, and his disciples, to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother said unto the servants, Whatsoever he said unto you, do it. And there was set there six water pots of stone, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was. But the servants which drew the water knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom. 199. And said unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. John 2, 1-11 There are several implications in the story of this wedding which indicate that Jesus was the bridegroom on this occasion. These evidences become vividly clear when the story is carefully analyzed. First, Observe that Jewish marriages were arranged by the parents. From the account of this marriage at Cana, there is little doubt that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was the person responsible for making the wedding arrangements. Many writers comment upon this unusual situation without indicating or assuming any more than the incident had a personal interest for the mother of Jesus. Happened in Bible Commentary, P. 
1069, the learned Dr. James E. Talmadge also mentions the relationship between this marriage event and Mary's responses. She less than Mary greater than manifested concern and personal responsibility in the matter of providing to the guests. Evidently, her position was different from the but one present by ordinary invitation. Whether this circumstance indicates the marriage to have been that of one of her own immediate family, or some more distant relative, we are not informed. Jesus the Christ, by Talmadge, p. 144, 200, Farah, a more widely acclaimed writer on the life of Christ, gave further suggestions about the circumstances of this marriage. But the presence of Mary, who must have left Nazareth on purpose to be present at the wedding, seems to show that one of the bridal pair was some member of the Holy Family. Jesus, too, was invited, and his disciples and the use of the singular implies that they were invited for his sake, not he for theirs. The Life of Christ, by Farah, p. 123. Second, traditional Jewish records explain that a call is usually made to the bridegroom of his groomsmen when the wedding preparations were complete and the fixed hour had arrived and dash which was generally late in the evening. We note, according to John, that Jesus was called to the wedding. After the call, the bridegroom would then set forth from his house, attended by his groomsmen and friends. See Matt. 9. 15. Third, in the Jewish marriage, the guests were provided by the host with fitting robes, wine, and other amusements. At this marriage at Cana, when the wine had been consumed, Mary appealed to Jesus. Why did Mary assume a responsible concern for the wine if the wedding was not for a member of her own household? Why would she appeal to Jesus if it was someone else's wedding? If Mary was hostess and Jesus was the bridegroom, then they were fulfilling their proper obligations at this wedding. Otherwise, they were out of order. 201. Four. Note also that Mary gave direct instructions to the servants that, whatsoever he said unto you, do it. It is evident that Mary was not assuming authority or unwisely directing the servants if she was hostess. And why would she give strict orders to the servants of the wedding to obey the instructions of Jesus if he were not the bridegroom? Jesus, then, acting as a provisionary host, directed the servants to fill the water pots, and then continued to meet his obligation as bridegroom by providing the needed wine. Fifth, the governor lesson master of ceremonies grated and called to the bridegroom and said unto him, Thou hast kept the good wine until now. He was undoubtedly talking to Jesus as the bridegroom. And when the governor said to Jesus, Thou save the best for last, he indicates that Jesus had also provided the first wine. Jesus then had fulfilled the obligations of the bridegroom in both instances. Sixth, Jesus regarded himself as the bridegroom. See Matt. 9, 
14-15, and John, the most beloved disciple of Jesus, have declared that he was the friend of the bridegroom. John 3.29, great scholars and scriptorians are forced to acknowledge that Jesus was more of a participant than a common guest at this wedding celebration. If Jesus were not the bridegroom on this occasion then it is strange that they did not mention who the bridegroom was. It is as plain as the scriptures can make it without actually revealing the name of Jesus as being the groom. 202. Our first parents were commanded to multiply and replenish the earth. If the Savior found it his duty to obey the law to be baptized, then he must have found it necessary to obey the law of marriage also. Some say that it is blasphemous to think that Jesus would marry and thus rob the purity of his life and dash yet they think it is not so with themselves. But to say that marriage is unholy, impure, or unrighteous is to defy the command of God. If marriage is holy, pure, or unrighteous, why then should Jesus not be qualified to obey that law? It is only the superstitious, perverted and illogical thinking of Samadhikas of celibacy that should be questioned. It was during the dark ages of Christianity that the celibates and Gnostics infused their ideologies into the doctrines of Christ. Jesus never gave a law or commandment for man to refuse marriage. The wedding at Cana is proof of his sanction and participation in that sacred law. 203, Chapter 20, Mary, Martha, and Mary Magdalene. Okay, so that was the reading portion. Now we'll get into the commentary portion. The Marriage at Cana, Chapter 19 of Polygamy in the Bible, pages 198 to 202. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto him, Unto the servants, His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up with, uh, to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it, and the rulers of the feast had tasted the water that was made with wine, and knew it not hence from whence it was. But the servants which drew the water knew. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Galilee, or in Cana of Galilee, and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. 
John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. There are several, different, are several implications in the story of this wedding which indicated that Jesus was the bridegroom on this occasion. These evidences become vividly clear when the story is carefully analyzed. First, observe that Jewish marriages are arranged by the parents. From the account of this marriage at Cana, there is little doubt that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was the person responsible for making the wedding arrangements. Many writers comment upon this unusual situation without indicating or assuming any more than the incident had a personal interest for the mother of Jesus. And quote, Abgadon Bible Commentary, page 1069. The learned Dr. James E. Talmadge, who was, a, who was actually an apostle uh, in the LDS church back in like the 1920s or something like that, also mentioned the relationship between his marriage event and Mary's response. Quote, She, speaking of Mary, manifested concern and personal responsibility in the matter of providing for the guests. Evidently, her position was different from that of one present by ordinary invitation. Whether the circumstances indicates the marriage to have been that of one of her own immediate family or some more distant relative, we are not informed. And quote, Jesus the Christ by James E. Talmadge, page 144. We're on page 200, that 37%. For our a more widely acclaimed writer on the life of Christ gave further suggestions about the circumstances of this marriage. Quote, But the presence of Mary, who must have left Nazareth on purpose to be present at the wedding, seems to show that one of the bridal pairs was some member of the Holy Family. Jesus, too, was invited, and his disciples, and the use of the singular implies that they were invited for his sake, not he for theirs. The Life of Christ by Farrar, page 123. Okay, so Jesus was invited to this wedding, and his disciples, they also went with him. Now, Nazareth, where Jesus is from, was about 65 kilometers for a four-day journey to Cana of Galilee. And Mary, who was from Nazareth, was also there. Could it be that Jesus was getting married? And he was at his <clears throat> his bride's parents' home. And that's why Mary, who was an older woman at this point, and Jesus and all of his disciples walked 65 kilometers for four days to be at this wedding. Like some people will say, well... You know, he was just invited because they were friends or something. And they make all kinds of excuses up. But 
I mean, that was a long ways to travel. Four days to go to a wedding. I mean, if Jesus was walking from Jerusalem, where he hung out a lot, that's still 18 kilometers away from Cana of Galilee. Yeah, you know, I'd take half a day to walk there. Well, maybe for me. Probably take me about six hours, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, but, um, you know, that's a long ways away just to go to a wedding, even if he was in Jerusalem. But the fact that Mary was there, like, what was she doing in Cana of Galilee? Unless, unless it was a very, very important wedding that she wanted to be at because her son was getting married. Anyway, continuing on. Second traditional Jewish records explain that a call is usually made to the bridegroom and his groomsmen when the wedding pre preparations were complete and the fixed hour has arrived, which was generally late in the evening. So they call Jesus and his disciples to come to the wedding because he's the one getting married. We know, according to John, that Jesus was called to the wedding. After the call, the bridegroom would then step forth from his house, attended by his brides or, or his groomsmen and friends. See Matthew chapter 9, verse 15. Third, in the Jewish marriage, the guests were provided by the host with the fitting robes, the wine, and other amusements. At this marriage of, at Cana, when the wine had been consumed, Mary appealed to Jesus. Why did Mary assume a responsibility or a responsible concern for the wine if the wedding was not for a member of her own household? Why would she appeal to Jesus if it was someone else's wedding? See, the only reason for Mary to be there is because Jesus is going to the home of his betrothed family, like his wife, that his soon-to-be wife. But it would be the parents of the, of the groom who were in charge of the fitting robes and providing the wine. Now, if it was Jesus's brother that was getting married, then why are all Jesus's disciples there? Unless they're the groomsmen that go with the, the groom. Continuing on, why would she appeal to Jesus if it was someone else's wedding? If Mary was hostess and Jesus was the bridegroom, then they were fulfilling their proper obligations at this wedding. Other th otherwise, they were out of order. Page 201. Fourth. Note also that Mary gave direct, direct instructions to the servants that whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. It is evident that Mary was not assuming authority or, other, or unwisely directing the servants if she was the hostess. Why would she be the hostess? Because she's the mother of the groom. And why would she give strict orders to the servants of the wedding to obey the instructions of Jesus if Jesus were not the bridegroom? 
Jesus, then acting as a provisionary host, directed the servants to fill the water pots and then continued to meet his obligation as the bridegroom by providing the needed wine. The governor, master of ceremonies, who would be the father of the bride, called the bridegroom and saith unto him, Thou hast kept the good wine until now. He was undoubtedly talking to Jesus as the bridegroom. See, Jesus has to pay the dowry and provide all of the stuff to marry his daughter. That's why Jesus is the one that provided the wine. That's why Mary was the hostess that provided the, the fitting robes. The reason that the disciples are with Jesus is because they were the groomsmen. He was undoubtedly talking to Jesus as the bridegroom, and, and when the governor said to Jesus, Thou saved the best for last, he indicates that Jesus had also provided the first wine. Jesus then had fulfilled the obligations of a bridegroom in both instances. Six, Jesus regarded himself as a bridegroom. See Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 and 15. And John, most, John the, the most beloved disciple of Jesus, had declared that he was the friend of the bridegroom. John chapter 3, verse 29. Great scholars and scriptorians are forced to acknowledge that Jesus was more of a participant than a common guest at this wedding celebration. If Jesus were not the bridegroom on this occasion, then it is strange that they did not mention who the bridegroom was. It is as plain as the scriptures can make it without actually revealing the name of Jesus as being the groom. Page 202 at 83%. So we're getting pretty close to the end of the program, or to the end of the commentary portion. Like I said, the guest call-in number is 917 989-8827 that's 917-889-8827 continuing on with reading our first parents were commanded to multiply and replenish the earth if the savior found it his duty to obey the law to be baptized then he must have found it necessary to obey the law of marriage also some say that it is blasphemous to think that Jesus would marry and thus rob his purity, the purity of his life. I'm sorry, you've been taught by apostate Christianity that celibacy is a, 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 pure, a pure lifestyle. It is not. Being a husband or a wife and having children and raising those children up are what make you... Um, that's the pure lifestyle. Withholding your seed from a woman so she can't have children, thus ending generations of children that would have been born to her and her children, is next to murder in the Jewish culture. It was a big deal, and if Jesus was not married, they would have made a big deal of it. Also, if Jesus didn't have any kids, they would have made a big deal out of that too. Anyway, Jesus would marry and thus rob the purity of his life. Anyway, uh, oh, I read that part. Yet they think it is not so with themselves. But to say that marriage is unholy, impure, and unrighteous 
unrighteous is to defy the command of God. If marriage is holy and pure and righteous, why then should Jesus not be qualified to obey that law of God? It is only the superstitious, perverted, and illogical thinking of some advocates of celibacy that should be questioned. It was during the dark ages of Christianity that the, that the celibates and Gnostics infused their ideologies into the doctrines of Christ. And by the way, when Rome, when pagan Rome hijacked Christianity, they changed a bunch of stuff. And you come from that harlot. You come from that. If you are a pro- and even in the LDS church, like the LDS church is a restoration, but they adopted many of the traditions of the harlot. The whole world is tainted because of the harlot. Because Satan got his little claws into the early church and changed a bunch of things around, and now you, you think that you're obeying God's laws when they've been perverted by the great whore of all the earth, which is the church of the devil or the Catholic church and all of those who have broken off from her and been tainted by her, her doctrine and her traditions. Jesus never gave a law or commandment for a man to refuse marriage. The wedding at Cana is proof of his sanction and participation in that sacred law. So when I come back on tomorrow, hopefully, we'll be in page, I'll be on page 20, or chapter 20, which starts on page 203, and we're going to talk about Mary, Martha, and Mary Magdalene. So, and then uh, I'll check the phone lines and see if there's anybody who's called on, and then if not, I'm going to play some stuff um, to fill out the program a little bit, but it's only 26 minutes long. So, and that's fine. I mean, we can have a short, a short program, but I would like conversation. Of course, if you're going to yell at me and call me names like that ignorant woman the other day, I will mute you and then I will state what I have to say and then I will unmute you and you can say what you want to say. But if we get to 8 p.m., that's when the live stream ends, and I can go into an hour of overdrive if we're having a good conversation, but if I get cut off in overdrive, it screws everything up, so I don't want to go past eight. Anyway, all right, well, let's check the studio and check the chat room at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon, and by the way, the guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. Thank you for listening. Okay. Uh, I am again. Hi. I'm not quite to Carbon County. Do we have any callers besides you and I? Uh, no. Okay. Um. Uh. So, if you want to go more in detail, if anybody listening wants to go more in detail, go read a book by Ogden Crow called Jesus Was Married. I did cover it. Uh on uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon uh, last November. And uh, it goes more into detail about the marriage uh, of 
uh, Jesus in the Cana of Galilee. So, anyway, did you have anything to say about what uh, I was reading, Emma? Not really. Uh, I don't usually, because I don't know nearly as much as you do. <laughs> you what? Sort of just like learning. I don't know nearly as much as you do, so I sort of like just learn about it and listen to it. I can't even hear you. Yeah. Are, are you talking into your phone? Yeah. I need, I need a new headset. And you need to use the dang headset that I gave you. And you never do. You left it on your bed for like four days before I took it away from you. Oh, you do have a headset. You can use it. Which I've asked you to do over and over and over again. Anyway, um... Well, I guess if we don't have any guests or callers, um, go ahead and play the revelation of Joshua Sparks, which was uh, given in 2013. Go ahead, Emma. Revelation to the Church of Jesus Christ. Revelation given to set the church in order and to establish the priesthood, namely the quorum of the First Presidency, the quorum of the Twelve Apostles, and the quorum of Seventy Apostles, set to the entire world as a witness of the love of God and as a warning of Christ's soon return to this earth along with our Father in heaven. Behold, this day do I begin to communicate to thee by vision, by revelations, that ye may prophesy against mystery Babylon, whose mystery is being revealed, and the skirts raised to reveal her nakedness and the deceivableness of all unrighteousness, which is in the hearts of all who subscribe to her teachings and to those who are born out of her bed and are not children of the married wife, but of a harlot. First revelation received at 12.30 p.m. on June 15, 2013. I was talking to Brother Mark Lichtenwalter concerning the keys of the priesthood, kingdom of God, And as Mark was speaking about his vision of our Father in Heaven, and the Father in Heaven laying his hands upon his head, I received the following revelation. I saw Mark kneeling down, and I saw Heavenly Father holding keys in his hand, and I heard Heavenly Father say these words to Mark. Behold, my son, or my son, behold, I give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of God and the priesthood, my son, as I gave them to my servant Peter. This I received from my heavenly father, from heavenly father, and I testify that it is true. The vision ended, and I told Mark what I had seen, and I wrote down this divine communication from heavenly father. Second revelation received at 1:10 p.m. 
Eastern Standard Time on June 15, 2013. Behold, my son, by mine only begotten was this heaven and this earth formed, and by mine only begotten was my firstborn. And by mine only begotten, even my firstborn Jesus the Christ, was the fullness of the priesthood of the eternities conferred, and the gospel of the eternities past proclaimed through mine only begotten Son. Verse 2. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, saith your Father in heaven. And no man can come unto me except through my Son, and by my Spirit, which causes all men to call upon the name of mine only begotten, yea, even Jesus, who is called the Christ. Behold, this day do I begin to communicate to thee by visions, by revelations, that ye may prophesy against mystery Babylon, whose mystery is being revealed, and the skirts raised to reveal her nakedness and the deceivableness of unrighteousness which is in the hearts of all who subscribe to her teachings, and to those who are born out of her bed and are not children of the married wife, but of a harlot. All who... verse 4... All who have lifted up their voice against me will I roar from heaven with the voice of my judgment, and I will fill their cups with wrath and indignation from heaven. My son, write and declare these things, for behold, I, the Lord, even Jesus, am the faithful and true witness of my Father in heaven, and, and my words are true. I have drunk of the bitter cup. My, of my father and did magnify my calling and priesthood and did humble myself and am a faithful witness of my father yea the first witness of my father in heaven verse 5 the work and glory of god is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of his sons and daughters and this comes through the atonement and obedience to the laws and ordinances of the eternal gospel my calling and my office of my priesthood is the agency whereby the sons and daughters of God can be heirs and joint heirs with me, saith Jesus the Lord, the first witness of my Father, whose glory is to bring to pass the, the work of my Heavenly Father and to obtain my exaltation through giving my life that many sons and daughters might obtain the inheritance of, of the Father, to be exalted and rule and reign as kings and priests. Verse 6. Heaven and earth will run together when Zion has been built. Follow the leading of my, my spirit. Yea, follow me. Mark and Joshua, my servants upon whom rests the power of this priesthood. Amen. So these were received by a man by the name of Joshua Sparks, who lives uh, somewhere close to Ashland, Kentucky.
Father's Day revelation given June 16, 2013 at 10.15 a.m. in Ashland, Kentucky. My son, you have inquired of me direction. Behold, I do answer thee and show thee the things thou desirest and seekest. Call to me and I will answer thee and by revelation I will reveal to thee my will. Seek ye out twelve men to whom I shall lead thee, and ordain them to be to the priesthood. Yea, set them apart as apostles of Jesus Christ, special witnesses of my Son, whom I shall send to thee, men of truth, integrity, yea, men of faith, who are righteous, who have received a testimony that Jesus lives, for as Mark and you, Joshua, you have seen Jesus with your own eyes. Yea, they too have seen. Yea, and have heard and bear their testimony to the world that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Verse 2. For, yea, a marvelous work and a quick work shall I do among the children of men, as I call to those with ears to hear to remove themselves from Babylon and her great and abominable church and to take their place among the church, yes, and be taught the gospel of the eternities and to progress to their exaltation through obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel that belongeth to this priesthood. Verse 3. Seventy men shalt thou ordain, and set them apart as seventy apostles, a special witness that shall be sent into the world to preach the gospel and prepare the hearts of children to build Zion, saith your Father in heaven. Yea, even my political kingdom on earth, and after my twelve and seventy are set in their place, behold, I will establish my first presidency. Yea, and the one mighty and strong, mine anointed, shall begin to, to build again Zion, as, as did Enoch my son. And he shall reign over this, my kingdom, till he turns it back over to me, saith the Father. Seek ye first my kingdom and my righteousness, and establish my church, and I will lead you by my spirit to separate unto me the council of fifty and I will again establish to restore the united order yea Zion shall be built preach my gospel yea establish my church for uh, from her ye my kingdom even yea even Zion shall be built and I will come to Adam and on Diamond and there bless my sons and daughters, and they shall receive a crown of life that fadeth not away. Verse 5, For thus saith the Lord, even Jesus, I am the head of my church, yea, that I have built by revelation, and yea, I will cause the building fitly framed together to grow into a holy temple and dwelling place for our Father in heaven. Amen. Revelation given Monday, June 17th, 2013.
at 9.45 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Behold, my son, in response to your inquiry, I, the Lord, do, I, the Lord, do reveal to you that my 70s will be missionaries, yea, traveling ministers, set apart as set apart as the word's missing. I don't know what it what it said. It's been a long time since I've read this, but traveling ministers set apart as apostles. 70 apostles. I I know that's what it should say. Anyway, yea, even apostles who shall be sent as the special witnesses, yea, even witnesses of my son Jesus the Christ, whose eyes have beheld, whose ears are open to the voice of the shepherd, yea, whose bosom doth burn within them, as did my disciples on the road to Emmaus. Verse 2. Lift up thine eyes, and behold, the the field are white and ready to harvest, and the sheaves of earth shalt thou reap. Yea, even those who obey the gospel, and who come through mine only begotten, the author of eternal salvation, yea, the bright morning star. Verse 3. Thrust in thy sickle, yea, begin to build up my church, yea, and my kingdom my church and my kingdom in the east. So that's Joshua's job. And my servant Mark, yea, mine anointed, build up my kingdom and my church. Yea, lay the foundation of Zion, for this is thy priesthood. And thy keys, yea, build, yea, to build up Zion, the holy city of God, to establish her, to enlarge her stakes, to influence and her influence in all the earth, as a stone cut out without hands, shalt thou fill the earth with my glory, saith your Father in heaven. Verse 4, Set in order the twelve and the seventy, and I will set in order the first presidency. Yea, and thou dost have the keys of my kingdom, and power to bind and loose, saith the Lord. Um, I received those keys when the Father laid his hands upon my head in 2003. So I've had him ever since then, almost 20 years. Verse 5. Go forward, my servants, preach repentance and baptize those who are repentant in my name, yea, the name of mine only begotten Son. Confer upon them the gift of the Holy Ghost and confirm them members of my church. Verse 6, many hearts are ready to receive. Go in power, yea, the priesthood power, for I, your Father in heaven, do command it. So that was the revelations received by Joshua Sparks in 2013, one month after these revelations were received, I was commanded to sever the ordinances and um, power or priesthood of all the holy people. And that happened in July of 2013. And um, 
Joshua actually buckled under the pressure that he received from the adversary um, as he was doing his work. He was uh, he was just attacked a lot, and he fell from doing what he was supposed to do. Um, I like the fact that Jesus says he's going to set in order the first presidency because uh, I don't want to be in that position. <laughs> I don't believe I will be. But um, I don't know what to say. I know that Zion will be built in the wilderness and that my job is to teach and prepare the people. And the time will come when the church will be set in order. Oh, and by the way, um, God also told me to call it the Church of the Living Messiah. So that is what the church is called today. It's not called the Church of Christ. It's not called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's called the the Church of the Living Messiah. So that is that has been established. And there are officers in that church, although they are few in number. So anyway, that's the revelation I wanted to share with anyone, and that was received by Joshua Sparks of Ashland, Kentucky. And the last time I talked to him was at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, He wrote me and asked me what I thought about the pandemic or what he said, what does God say about the pandemic? And I told him that it would be bad, but the cure would be worse. And that was in, I think, March or February of 2020, and I haven't heard from him since, so I don't know what's going on with Joshua Sparks. I don't know if he got around to doing the work that God asked him to do. I didn't ask him to do it. This revelation was received by Joshua from the Father. So, anyway, that's the revelation, and uh, I'm going to do more recordings and see if I can get more of these revelations out. Thanks. Bye. Okay, so um, I'm going to answer some questions that people have posted to me on Facebook. Uh, There is a woman by the name of Maria from Sacramento who called in the other day who is continuing to argue with me about everything. Um, She is claiming that Zacharias was not a high priest, and uh, she gave me a list of all the high priests, and Zacharias is not on his name, the father of John the Baptist, or Yochanan the Immerser. Well, uh, what was was John the Baptist's father doing in the Holy of Holies? when the angel came to him and said that his wife, Elizabeth, was going to have a baby, you know, when, like, he kind of laughed because, like, they were old, and the angel got mad and made him mute and said he wouldn't be able to speak until his baby came. 
and told him his baby would be called Yochanan or John. Uh, what was he doing in the Holy of Holies if he wasn't a high priest? And the whole point of it is that Jesus Christ was part of the priestly family. Mary, the mother of Joseph, or Miriam, went to her cousin Elizabeth, whose father or whose husband was the high priest that went into the Holy of Holies. Okay, but also Joseph of Arimathea was um, Joseph of Arimathea was the great uncle of Jesus Christ, and he was part of the Sanhedrin. So um, also, she's flipping out about how I was saying that the high priest had to be married on the Day of Atonement, and that Jesus is called the high priest. Well, he's not the high priest after the order of uh, Aaron. He's a high priest after the order of Melchizedek or Melchizedek. But um, in order for him to be a high priest, he had to be married. Also, um, in order for him to be a rabbi, he had to be married. Now, it's true that later on there were rabbis who were single, but we don't know why they were single. Their wives could have died. And they were married, because in order to be a rabbi, you have to be married. And you have to be 30 years old, according to the custom of the Jews in the first century. So if Jesus was a rabbi, which Nicodemus said he was, and so did his disciples and others, then uh, he would have been married. Furthermore, the marriage of Cana... You know, that's, uh, that's a thing, you know. That's a thing, and we just talked about it, and I guess I won't really go back into it. But um, Jesus was married, and I'm probably sure that I'm stepping on uh, the apostate doctrine, pet doctrine of pagan Christianity. Oh, and why do I call it pagan Christianity? I call it pagan Christianity because Rome hijacked the early church. Jesus and the disciples were Hebrew Israelites. They kept Torah before all the way up into the death of Jesus and after. The reason why Peter was in Jerusalem when they were telling him, don't go to Jerusalem or you're going to get killed. Uh, because he was going back to Jerusalem to the Feast of Pesach and the Feast of uh, the Week of Unleavened Bread, which is a requirement for the Jews to go to Jerusalem to do that, to the temple. And he did. That's why he was there. He, um, Paul also was accused of, of uh, telling people that the law was null and void, so Peter had him go and uh, do the Nazarite vow, which required a sacrifice, and he paid for others. Emmett, are you there? I'm going into the depth. You're muted, Emmett. Hello. Hi. I don't know why. Can you? Uh, what's that? I don't know why you were really quiet. Um. I understand you because you're not speaking loud enough. 
Yeah, that's my issue, too. You were really quiet for a minute. Yeah, I'm in the dip. I told you I was in the dip. It breaks up when I go in the dip. I'm out of the dip now, but um, <laughs> what did you ever do to that microphone that I gave you to take to your school and fix with the solder, soldering? Uh, it's currently in my backpack. And has it come out of your backpack in the last three or four weeks since I put it in your backpack? Yes. Did you fix it? Uh, at least twice. Uh, no, I think I need a part for it. You need a part. Well, now, all the parts are in there. The only problem with it is that that plug got yanked out by the uh, little when we lived in Orangeville. Uh-huh. There's I also think a microphone. Yeah, and that's why I was asking you if you could solder it to see if you can get it to work again. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, anyway, I think it needs a new internal. Okay, because it did work until that happened. So, All right, well, um, there's also that soundboard that I bought a while back, and we were waiting to get a desktop, and we have a desktop, and that has a mic that goes with it that you could use, and a headset that you could plug into it. Ooh, it does. Yeah, and I don't even, I've never even been able to play with it, because it wouldn't work on, well, it wouldn't work the way we were doing it before, so. All right, well, um, what's that? Okay. Okay, so I'm going to say another thing, and then when I'm done, I'll tell you. Um, I want to play chapters one through five of the Book of Zobelness, and then we'll take a break and see if anybody's called in, uh, and I might fail the talk if I'm not in a bad spot. And then uh, play uh, chapters six through 12, I think, which is the rest of the book which was a book received by uh, Urim and Thummim recently, within the last 10 years. So um, I, I wanted to, so somebody on the Abrahamic apologetics group that I'm in, that I post in, uh, where people are arguing with me about everything I say, uh, there's Mormons in there. In fact, the person that runs the group, I believe, is a Mormon. At least one of the admins is. And because uh, he talked about BYU and he talked about some other Mormon things. So anyway, but um, they're flipping out because I am not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Therefore, I cannot be Mormon because their bigoted view of life is that the only Mormons that come out of Nauvoo were the Mormons that followed Brigham, which is weird because there's breakoffs from the Brighamite Church in Utah and they're Mormons. And in fact, Russell M. Nelson told everybody not to call themselves Mormons, so they're not even Mormons, but guess what I still am, because Russell M. Nelson is not who he proclaims to be. And I told him that his church was apostate as all hell, and they were rejected in 1843, according to Lyman White, quoting Joseph Smith, but... um, he said, prove it, and I really didn't have time to prove it because my wife had to have me go pick up my kids today after school, and um, 
and then I had to I had to buy uh, new car seats because we only had three, and switching them back and forth all the time is time consuming. Anyway, so I went and bought some car seats at Walmart and picked up my kids, and then got home and I was able to do the recording. And my truck was being serviced today, so I had a little bit of extra time, but not a lot. And anyway, I got the program ready, and I posted it everywhere, and then I went to work. I worked at 545, and then that's why, well, I was actually able to get on right after the recording part was done. So anyway, if you go to Section 124 of the Doctrine and Covenants, which is in the LDS edition of the Doctrine and Covenants, I'm not sure which section it is in the... Uh, RLDS, but it was the revelation that Joseph Smith received on January 18, 1841. Jesus says in verse 27 and 28, build a house unto my name. So whose name? Well, I don't know. Jesus is the one giving the revelation to Joseph, so unto his name, whereby the Most High can come dwell therein. So he's speaking of somebody else. Let's see. Um, Build a house into my name, whereby the Most High can come dwell therein, that he, the Most High, the Father, can uh, dwell therein, that he might uh, restore that which was lost unto you, or that which was taken away, even the fullness of the priesthood. So, Jesus is telling Joseph to build a temple whereby the Most High, Father, can come restore the fullness of the priesthood that had been taken away from the earth because it had not yet been restored to Joseph Smith. And it is not the Melchizedek priesthood that he was speaking of because in order to come into the presence of the Father, you have to have the Melchizedek priesthood, which was restored by Peter, James, and John to Joseph Smith and and I think it was Oliver Cowdery. So that had been restored, and Jesus did not take that away, and neither did the Father And in order for the Father to come restore anything to the church, you have to have the Melchizedek priesthood to come into his presence. And according to Jesus, you have to build this temple where the Father can come dwell therein. Now, the fact of the matter is that temple was never finished. They were working on the second story of that temple in 1844 when Joseph was murdered. It was never finished. It was dedicated seven times in different parts, and then altogether eventually in 1846, I believe, But the Shekinah glory that rested upon the Kirtland Temple, which was accepted by God, and the tabernacle in the wilderness, and the temple of ancient Jerusalem, all had the Shekinah glory of God rest upon that temple. But that never happened in Nauvoo. The Father never did come to restore the fullness of the priesthood in that temple. Jesus Christ never came to restore anything or even give a visitation in that temple. No heavenly messenger ever came to restore or speak or do anything else in that temple. Jesus said, if you build this temple, this will be the beginning of revelations for the redemption of Zion. But that didn't happen. If you look at the record of the revelations received, very few revelations were received between 1841 and 1844 with the death of the prophet Joseph Smith. So, uh, the beginning of Revelations, things uh, where God wanted to re- reveal things which had been kept from before the foundation of the earth, 
that never happened. Jesus said, if you do what I say, when he was talking about building the temple, you will, I will fight your battles and you shall not be removed from your place. But what happened? They were removed from their place. They were not, no battles were fought for them. In fact, Jesus said in that same revelation, if you don't do what I say, instead of blessings, you'll, you'll receive wrath, indignation, cursings, etc., etc., etc. And that is exactly what happens when we look at the historical record. Jesus also said, I think it's in verse 45, if you don't do what I say, you'll be rejected as a church with your, de- je- with your dead, saith the Lord your God. Okay, Emma, did you hear me? Emma. Hi, I was in the other room. My phone needed its charger and I forgot it. Oh, okay. So, uh, what did what did Jesus say would happen? Uh, I don't know. If they were disobedient, I just said it. You'll be rejected as a church with your dead. That's what he said. That is what yeah. happened. The church that Brigham Young led out to the Rocky Mountains was rejected. Jesus said, all they who hinder this work will be cursed to the third and fourth generation. They hindered the work of building the temple by stealing the consecrated, dedicated wood that was coming down the Mississippi from Wisconsin to build the temple, and they used it to build the Masonic Temple first and stores. And Brigham Young was working on the second wing of his mansion which is weird because if you'll be a Zion people, you must be equal in all things. And it is not given for one man to own that which is above another. Wherefore, the whole world lieth in sin. Oh, that's all part of the, the Doctrine and Covenants. But it didn't matter to, to Brigham. He was going to be building that second wing of his temple. Also, they were stealing uh, uh, by uh, buying up land for pennies on the dollar and then selling it at a huge profit to the saints who were coming in who needed places to stay. So they were getting rich off the backs of the poor, which is not being equal in all things. And it is breaking the commandments of God. And Joseph told them to stop doing that. And they were hindering the work of building the temple. And they were grinding the faces of the poor with their authority as apostles. Jesus said, I will reject the church with your dead if you do not do what I have told you. And what he said to do in 27 and 28 is build a temple unto my name, whereby the Most High can come dwell therein, that he might restore that which was lost unto you or that which was taken away, even the fullness of the priesthood. Brigham Young lied and said that Joseph gave the fullness of the priesthood to him in the red brick store. But that's not where the father said it had to happen. And uh, Joseph didn't have the authority to give the fullness because he didn't have it. Well, I don't believe he did. He may have, but I don't don't believe he did. He had the Melchizedek priesthood, which is not the fullness of the priesthood. That is the first order of the Melchizedek priesthood, where you have the laying out of hands by someone in authority give it to you, and that if you are true and faithful... You have the Father eventually come and give it to you. And in ancient times, that was done on a high mountaintop by the Father himself laying his hands upon a person's head. 
which happened to me in 2003, but has not happened within the church at all. So, when Jesus said, you'll be rejected as a church with your dead, and everything that he said would happen if they were disobedient did happen, well, I'm going to take Jesus as a truthful messenger of God, and I'm going to trust him that he said what he meant, and he meant what he said, and he rejected the church as he promised he would. The Father never came. Neither did Jesus. Brigham Young lied. Your church is rejected. And every church which went out of Nauvoo was rejected. And the third and fourth generation of curses that Jesus said would happen was 160 years in the in 2000. Simon White said the church was rejected in, in 1843. Well, that's when the father, 160 years later, gave me the fullness of the priesthood in his temple. Anyway, so anyway, I might go ahead and play the book of Zobamus and I'll mute myself. Chapter 1 through 5. The Book of Zobelmus, Chapter 1, Verse 1 Gedaliah reigned over the remnant of Judah, and at about that time there was a man named Zobelmus. A man of God, he did sit under a tree and pray in the desert, and ate no bread and drank no wine, but ate only that which was around him, and saw the face of no man, so that he could pray continually. Verse 2. This man saith unto God, Father of lights, show my feet unto the narrow path of life. I have been called because of my desires to serve thee, but now elect me into eternal life, that I might be blessed with the oil of gladness. Call me thy friend. Bring me close unto thy gate that I may see the light of thy kingdom. Verse 3. Zobelmus looked up, and his eyes were growing dim, so that he knew not if he looked at the sun or at a man. But he believed, and saith, I am now, I am here. Now behold, the messenger of the Lord had been sent, and did say unto him, Zobelmus, man of God, Behold, I am sent by the Most High, the God of all, to tell thee that thou shalt, thou shalt journey to the blessed, but shalt not dwell with them. Thy, thy eyes are dim, but shall be enlightened by the Son of the living God. Verse 4. Exalt not thy heart, saying, Forty years have I not eaten bread. For the word of God is more than bread, and the Spirit of God is more than wine. For wine is revelation, and bread is the word of God. Say not, Woe, for not seeing the face of man. Behold, the face of the great king is nigh at hand, and his angels are with thee. Zobelmus saith, I know the Lord can do whatsoever he will. The angel said to him, Know this also, that thou art not worthy of one of the delights of those unto whom you go. But arise and set out, 
because God has accounted thy faith as righteousness. Chapter 2, verse 1. Isobelmus rose upon my feet, and issuing my, from my cave, with God leading me, I set out not knowing which way I went. The heat of the desert constantly passed before me, and cool, the cool of the night as my cave comforted me forty nights, and the heat vexed me forty days. Now when the angel of the Lord did say unto me that he would lead me unto a new land, I suppose he meant in death, wherefore my spirit grew faint, and my body fell. And being exhausted, I sat down and continued to pray in that place for three days, saying, Why do I remain? Verse 2. Now a, a camel did walk out of the waver, waving desert and did place its knees on the ground. And I wrapped my arm around his neck to try and arise to my feet. Wherefore he let me upon his back and lifted me, and I rode, as it were, across endless white sands, until we came unto a place with much howling and gnashing of teeth. And I did perceive, as it were, the ground covered in poisonous snakes and scorpions. Wherefore, becoming afraid, I did pray unto the Lord, saying, Deliver me! There came over that whole plain a great earthquake with much noise, and the wind did blow as it were a storm, and it lifted me from the earth and exalted me on its wings. Yea, and I was taken up into the clouds, verse 3, and I was praying and journeying, saying, Why did you not take me up upon the wings of the wind before? Whereupon the Lord rebuked me, saying, Behold, each part of the journey has become more fantastic because of the weakness of thy faith. Now the wind did softly set me down finally upon solid ground, and I did look around and did see a river. And the Lord did tell me that the name of this river was Eumules. Now I did go across the river when someone cried out as if the the water, saying, Zobelmus, man of God, ye cannot pass through me, for no man could divide my waters. But look upon the waters, and behold heaven. Verse 4. Now I did look upon and saw a wall of cloud stretching from the waters to the heaven. And the cloud did say unto me, Zobelmus, man of God, through me, no devil in the form of a bird passes out of this world, nor breath of wind, nor the devil dressed as the sun itself, nor can the tempter in this world pass through me. I am the edge of this world, the protector of thunder, and the servant of God. Chapter 3, verse 1. I, Zobelmus, was astonished at these words, and at the voice that spake these things unto me, now as I did pray, behold, two trees sprang up out of the earth, as if an, in an instant, fair and beautiful, and laden with fragrant fruits. Verse 2. And the tree upon my side, upon my side of the river, did bend down, and did receive me, 
and then did straighten again, bringing me high into the air. It then leaned over in the middle of the river. Then the other tree bent over and met me and received me in its branches, and bending down, set me on the ground. Then behold, both trees were raised up and set away from the river on the other side. Verse 3. Now I did say, O God, mighty is thy hand. For these wonders which I have seen are strange and amazing, and I know not in which land I am. For ye have brought me out of the world to a strange place. Ye are truly the God of worlds, and thy hand is unseen. Verse 4. Now I did rest in that place for a time, and did go forth, whither I knew not. And that place was filled with much fragrance, for there was no mountain on either hand, but the place was level and flowery as an endless field of flowers, crowned with garlands, and all the land was beautiful beyond description. Wherefore I did smell this new world, and I did walk as a pilgrim wandering. Verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 1. And as I did walk, I did see in the land and the field a naked man sitting, and I said to myself, Surely this is not the tempter, for I did remember the, word, the words of the cloud that said unto me, Nor can the tempter of this world pass through me. Now take, taking courage, I did say unto him, Hell, brother. Now he answered, saying, The grace of my God be with thee. Verse 2, I did say, Tell me, I pray you, man of God, who art thou? And he answered and did say unto me, Who art thou rather? Now I did tell him all concerning myself, and that I had prayed unto God, and that he had brought me into this place. Verse 3, Now he did say, Behold, I also know that thou art a man of God, for if ye were not, ye could not have passed through the, through the cloud and the river and the air. For the breadth of the river, is about, of the river was about 30,000 paces, and the cloud reaches up to heaven in the depth of the river to the abyss. Verse 4. Now behold, ye must have been anointed by God to obtain this place. Wherefore, I, Zobelmus, did say, Behold, I have not been anointed by God, nor by one of his servants. Whereupon the man did say, Then ye must have also then ye must have been elected. And now I did say, I know not, but I was praying concerning it when I left mine abode. Whereupon the man did say, Before coming into this world, did you say that you would reje- rejoice when it ended? I, Zobelmus, did say, I know not, I remember not. Now the man did say, Blessed art thou, for ye are elect, ye would not be among, or ye would not be among the elect. Chapter 5, verse 1. Now having ended this discourse, we did sit for a time, meditating upon what had been said. And then the man did speak again, saying, Thou Hast thou come hither out of the vanity of the world? And I did say unto him, I know not. 
Now he did say unto me, If ye despise the vanity, and wish continually for the unity with God, and the saints in shining robes of glory, then ye have come out of the vanity. Verse 2. I said to him, Speaking concerning shining robes, why art thou naked? Now he did say, How knowest that I am naked? Thou wearest skins of the cattle of the earth, that, de- that decay together with the bo- thy body. But look upon the height of the heaven, and behold of what nature my clothing is. I did look, upon, look up into the heavens and saw his face as the face of an angel, and his clothing as lightning, which passed, passes from the west to the east. Now my heart did jump for an instant, thinking that he may be the son of the living God, even the father of our race, the father of the son of God to come. Verse 3. Now I did tremble and fell upon the ground at the thought of giving me his hand. He raised me up, saying, Arise, I also am one of the elders are one of the blessed. Come with me that I lead thee, that I may lead thee to the elders. Now while holding the hand hands, he did walk with me and led me towards a certain crowd. And there were in that crowd elders like sons of God. Young men were standing beside the elder elder elders. We came near unto them, and they said, This man has come hither out of the vanity of the world. Come, let us beseech the Lord, that he will reveal to us this mystery. The young men did ask, Is the end come? Whereupon the elders did say, Surely the end is not at hand. It is just a man come hither from the vanity of the world. Verse 4. Now after these, now after this they arose and stood in a circle making signs and beseeching the Lord with one accord concerning me. And behold, two angels came down from heaven and saith, Fear not this man, for God hath sent him that he may remain seven days and learn thy ways that he might understand the way of life and then he shall go forth and depart back into his own place. Now the angels, after delivering their message to descend back into the heavens before mine very eyes, Okay, I'm going to go ahead and say the second part. Okay. Zobelmas. The book of Zobelmas, chapter 6, verse 1. Now the elders of the blessed did give me over to an attendant, saying... Keep him for seven days. Now the attendant did lead me unto his cave under a tree 
And he did tell me that this tree would provide us food. Now from the sixth hour, even until the sixth hour came, now from the sixth hour, even until the sixth hour came, we ate and prayed. For out of the tree came thick water, out of the root of the tree sweeter than honey. And we drank our fill, and again the water was plugged up, so that it would stay in its place. Verse 2. All the country of those there that heard of me came hither, for a man that came out of the vanity of the world was a curiosity. And all of the country was stirred up, And they came to see me because it seemed strange to them. For usually righteous men lived and died in the world of vanity and then went up to higher worlds. But God saw fit to bring me into this hidden land for a purpose. Now they did ask me many things concerning the world of vanity, and I was answering them all day insomuch that it became faint and besought the man of God that, that served me, saying, I beseech thee, brother, if any come to see me, tell them he is not here, so that I may rest a little. Verse 3. And the man of God cried out, saying, Woe is me, that the story of Adam is summed up in me, for Satan deceived him through Eve. And this man, by his flattery, desires to make me a liar while he is here. Take me away from hence, for I shall flee from this place. For behold, he wishes to sow in me seeds of the world of vanity. Now all the multitude and the elders rose up against me, saying, Depart from us, man of the earth. We know not why thou hast come unto us. Verse 4. Now I did lament with a great lamentation. And my senses left me, and I cried out to the elders, saying, Forgive me, my lords. And the elders still, still the people, so that I, so that all was quiet. Then I related to them all from the beginning till that time, and said, I besought the Lord to come unto you, and he deems me worthy. Then the elders saith, And now what wilt thou that we should do? unto thee. And I did say unto them, Behold, I only desire to learn from you thy way of life. Chapter 7 of the book of Zobelmas, verse 1. And now it came to pass that they did greatly rejoice at my words, and taking up tablets of green stone, they wrote on them with their chisels, Thus, hear ye, sons of men, Hear ye of our own who are become blessed, that we are also of you. For when the prophet Jeremiah proclaimed that the city of Jerusalem should be delivered into the hands of the destroyer, he rent his garments and put on sackcloth upon his loins and sprinkled dust upon his head and took earth upon his bed and told all people to turn from their wicked ways. Verse 2. And now our father, Rahab, son of Aminadab, of the school of the prophets, did hear him and say unto us, Ye sons and daughters of Rahab, 
hearken unto your father and and put off your garments from your body and drink no vessel of wine and eat, and eat no bread from the fire and drink not strong drink and honey and tell the Lord here thy prayer. Verse 3. And we said, All that he has commanded us we shall do and hearken to. So we cast off our clothing from our bodies, and we ate no bread from the fire, and drank no vessel of wine nor honey, nor any strong drink. And we lamented with a great lamentation and besought the Lord. And he heard our prayers and turned away his anger from the city of Jerusalem. And there came to the city of Jerusalem mercy from the Lord. And he pitied its people and turned away his deadly anger. Verse 4. And after these things, the king of the city of Jerusalem died, and there arose another king. And all of the people gathered to him and informed him concerning us and said, There are certainly... There are certain of thy people who have changed their way from from us. Where the where therefore the king summoned those who had reported this and asked them why he had done this, and they believed it was an apostasy upon the ways of the heathen. Wherefore the king sent for us and asked who are ye, and of what worship do you perform, and of what country does it originate? And we did say, We are the sons of thy servant Rahab, the son of Abinadab. And when Jeremiah the prophet preached in the days of thy, thy father the king, he proclaimed death to the city of Jerusalem. Yet three days and all the city shall be put to death. Chapter 8 of the Book of Zobelmus, verse 1. And the king thy father, hearing this, repented of his sin and issued a command to all of the people to turn aside from their wicked ways. And our father, thy, thy servant, hearing it, charged us, saying, Drink no vessel of wine and eat no bread from the fire until the Lord shall hear thy prayer. And we hearkened to the commandment of our Father, and we made naked our bodies, and we drank no wine, and we ate no bread. And we prayed to the Lord for the city of Jerusalem, and the Lord pitied, pitied, his, ang- pitied his anger, I'm sorry, and the Lord pitied his people and turned away his anger, and we saw it, and our souls rejoiced. And we said, It is good for us to live in such a way, and to perform our rights so. Verse 2. Now the king said unto us, Ye have done well. Now therefore mingle with my people, and eat bread, and drink wine, and glorify your God, and ye shall be serving God and the king. But we did say, We rebel not against our ways. We will not rebel against our ways and against God. Then the king was enraged and set us in prison. And we were in prison that whole night, even until a light shone in the building, and an angel broke the prison gate and did anoint and place his hands upon our heads, saying, My fellow servants, 
year sealed up and anointed kings and priests to rule and reign in the house of Israel forever. And until the last time I shall and until the last time shall bring thee into a land where ye can live as ye desire night and day until the end comes. Verse 3. Now the angel did place his hands upon us again, and we found ourselves standing by the water of the river. Now the angel did say unto us, Whithersoever the water goes, ye go there also. Wherefore we traveled with the water and the angel for the space of many days. Then therefore he, when therefore he had brought us unto this place, the river was dried up and the water was swallowed up by the abyss. And he made a wall round about this country and there came a, a wall of cloud and made a shadow above the water. Wherefore, he did not scatter us like unto the other tribes, but did lead us into this country of life and gave it to us as an eternal inheritance until the end of the world comes. Hear ye, sons of men, hear the ways are the way of life of the blessed. For God placed us in this land, for we are holy but not immortal, like unto those who are taken up. And the earth produces most fragrant fruit, and out of the trunks of the trees comes water sweeter than honey. And these are our food and our drink, wherefore we can live upon the land without toil, toiling, but can spend our time in prayer unto the God of Israel. We pray night and day, and this is all our occupation, for a sacrifice is, for to sacrifice all is to gain eternal life. Chapter 9 of the Book of Zobelness, verse 1. Hear ye, sons of men, with us there is no vine, nor plowed field, nor works of wood or iron, nor have we any house or building, nor fire, nor sword, nor iron wrought or unwrought, nor silver, nor gold, nor air too heavy or too keen. Neither do any of us take to themselves wives except for so long as to beget a male and a female, and after they have produced two children, one of each gender, they withdraw themselves again to the other side of the congregation. Wherefore we withdraw from each other and continue, and continue in chastity, except to pray in a circle or to have children. We therefore are in perfect order and express our love unto God, unto the gods of Israel and of heaven continually, without distraction. Verse 2. There is also no count of time, neither weeks, nor months, nor years. For all our day is one day, and our caves are the leaves of a tree, and this is our couch under the trees. But we are not naked of body, as ye wrongfully imagine. 
For we have the garments of eternal life and the robes of the priesthood made of light and are not ashamed of each other. Verse 3. At the sixth hour of each day we eat, and for the fruit of the tree falls of itself at the sixth hour, and we eat and drink our fill, and again the water is stopped up. We also know you who are there in the world, who are in sins, in your works, every day the angels of the Lord Come and tell them to us in the number of your years. But we pray for you to the Lord, because we also are of you and of your race, except God has chosen us and has set us in this place without sin. And the angels of God dwell with us every day and tell us the things concerning you. And we rejoice with the angels over the works of the just, but over the works of the unjust we mourn and lament, praying to the Lord that he may cease his anger and spare your offense. Verse 4. Upon the sixth hour I did ask concerning the two trees that brought me hither, and they did say, They are alike in type of the true trees of life, which pour golden oil into the two golden candlesticks. Whereupon I did say, Tell me concerning these trees. And they did say, There is a Messiah of Judah and a Messiah of Ephraim. And this is the meaning of it. Ye have passed over to look forward unto the Messiah of Judah. And ye have tabernacles to look forward unto the Messiah of Joseph. We know that Passover is near, because the water sweeter than honey will turn red. And we know that Tabernacles is near, because it shall shine with gold. We keep not track of time, but when this doth happen, we do praise the true and living God for sending the salvation of his people Israel. Our water also does not turn a color for weeks. But in the height of thy, of thy winter, it doth ter- turn green like unto the leaves of those trees, ever living to praise God. Chapter 10 Verse 1 Now I did say with the blessed for the space of a week, and I did stay with the blessed for the space of a week, and they did teach me many more things which I shall not record. But I will show, but I will record a few more things that I did learn from them. I did ask them to give me wisdom concerning this Messiah of Judah, whereupon they did say unto me, Know ye not the covenants of the Lord, that that though this body turn to dust, yet ye shall see the see God in the flesh. Rejoice, therefore, because of the covenants of thy fathers, for they took God the Father as their law. And in return, their elections were made sure. And this Christ of Judah, or this Messiah of Judah, shall bring to pass these promises unto you. Therefore, lift up your heart and rejoice. When ye enter the world of spirits, ye shall see the death, see that death is a mercy, 
and the resurrection made sure. Verse 2. Now be, now ye shall be clothed with corruption, and your knowledge be made perfect, either a knowledge of your guilt or a knowledge of your cleanliness, and a perfect knowledge of the mysteries of godliness. For those who look upon this Messiah and despise this world and look for the kingdom within, they are they who shall inherit eternal life. And the kingdom prepared for them from before the foundation of the world. But behold, this time shall come. But before this time shall come, the second tree, even the witness of the resurrection of the Father and the Son. Verse 3. The second tree, which pours down golden oil, shall be sent to gather the elect before the end comes. And he shall be despised and rejected. But he is a Christ or an anointed one. And he shall rise before the eyes of the world. For the works of God cannot be frustrated. But shall roll forth until the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and his Christ. Their father is Michael, the ancient of days. He who sits in flaming glory when his children shall come before him to make an account. And in that day all shall see that he is their father in heaven, and the father of the messiahs whom they rejected. Verse 4. From the days of Adam until now, Adam and his brethren and companions, even the council of the gods or the Elohim, have looked over this world and wept, for the devil hath a chain in his hand, even the sealing power of the devil, and he holdeth this world in bondage. But behold, the seventh angel shall come holding his own chain, and the chain of the fathers of Adam and his companions to Messiah ben Joseph, and in that in that day, those whose hearts are turned to their fathers, and make a covenant with God in the name of Christ, shall be delivered by the mighty hand of the second tree, and shall be raised up unto eternal life by the first tree. For the mercy of God is eternal, and His word is everlasting. Book of Zobelmus, chapter 11, verse 1. Now behold, we did condescend into the world as the sons of God, so that there could be opposition in all things, even so that we could struggle and know the good from the bad and become the victors. Adam fell that we might have joy and take upon ourselves the name of Adam and of Christ, and become heirs of the kingdom. Behold, we in this place shall live for a thousand years as the patriarchs of old, because we are upon holy ground and pray in the true order of prayer daily, and praise God without ceasing. Now behold, there be holy temples in the last days, and if those who possess these temples would stay there continually, eating little and performing the work of prayer without ceasing, doing their ordinances for the living and the dead, 
they would live unto the age of the patriarchs. For to live unto the age of a tree is a way of life only. But behold, the falsely anointed shall take control of these places and force the saints into the wilderness. In this world, the dragon always pursues the daughter of Zion and her children. Verse 3. And in that day they shall have the philosophies of men mingled with scripture, and yet they will know it not. And they shall hold the saying sacred and not look introspectively to see that they are the preachers of the devil. Oh, the foolishness of man and his frailties. When he is learned, he thinks he is wise, but his knowledge is death. And he knoweth not the power of God and his fellows and their city, the new Jerusalem. Verse 4. The way of eternal life is straight and narrow is a straight and narrow path, and few there be that find it, and those who follow this light and his glory through though they have been wounded, shall shall they see straight shall they see a straight course before him and the keeper of the gate is the holy one of israel and he employ no servant there he that knocketh with his prayers and he that seeketh out knowledge and he that humble himself despises this world before god it is he unto whom the heavens will be opened and unto him that god will teach knowledge and unto him that shall see the Son of the living God. Book of Zolbemus, chapter 12, verse 1. O man, look forward to the day of your salvation, when justice shall be done unto the righteous, and shrink not in fear. For ye should pray, Father, bring the coming of thy, thy kingdom, and even if I should be burned for looking beyond the mark, bring thy kingdom and let justice be done. For I know that ye are just and that I would rather thy kingdom come than to live. For he who is willing to lose his life for the kingdom shall find it. What earthly power would forgive those who ask for it? What earthly power is eternal and un- unchanging? which earthly power would give the wicked a degree of, a degree of glory when they are cleansed, which earthly, earthly power can raise thee into immortality and eternal life, worlds without end. I say unto thee, none, no earthly power would give all men immortality and eternal life unto the righteous. No earthly power would grant a decree of, a degree of glory unto all men, no earthly power is unchanging, nor are their words eternal. And in fine, no earthly power would forgive those who who ask, having, having become a new creature by the power of the atonement of the Holy One of Israel. Verse 2. Therefore praise God and the Eternal Father, for he giveth eternal lives unto those who ask him. And all shall be partakers of his mercy, worlds without end. For every knee shall bow, and every tongue will confess 
that the two trees are the anointed and are called the test the righteous to see who shall keep the commandments of the Lord their God. For they shall but they shall stiffen their hearts and I'm sorry, but they shall stiffen their necks against him who is called of God, even if they know it, because they esteem this body and this life above the kingdom. But behold this life is a test, and we have already supported the kingdom before this world was. But when the but when this world is rolled up as a scroll, we shall see that we have been foolish when we esteemed ourselves to be wise. Verse three. And now at the sixth hour I did drink, and then an angel of the Lord did appear before us, and did say, Now is the time of thy return, Fobelmas. And he did touch me, and I did awake as if it was from a dream. Now I was upon a bed in a tent, and a man named Iminadab did say unto me, Ye were in the desert asleep, and I did bring thee here to preserve thy life. Whereupon I did speak unto Aminadab concerning all those things which had happened unto me. And he did to say, Behold, blessed am I for my world, for my whole house. Behold, blessed am I and my whole house for saving a prophet, that I might hear the mysteries of God and be saved. Verse 4, we did pray continually, and it came to pass that a spring did come out of the rocks in the place, and an oasis did appear, and locusts did come, and we did eat the locusts so that we could continue to pray unto God, eating no bread and drinking no wine, for the word of God was our bread, and the revelation, and revelation our wine. Now we did, in fine, begin to try and live as those in the other worlds did live. And we did pray in the true order of prayer. And we did take off our garments and did shake them before God. And did wash one another's feet, witnessing that we were queen of the blood and sins of our generation. Wherefore we were clothed in the garments of light, anointed with oil as from heaven. I did have six children for Abinadab to give my given to my the hand of his two of two of his concubines, so that we could in fine begin to live as the blessed did live, and raise our righteous seed, so that our order would flow as pure water from the spring and fill the world with righteousness. Verse five. Now I did know now I did know that the time of redemption had not yet come, for the earth had not yet endured its probationary state. But I did know that we might also be taken up as the elect in Zion, or as the blessed across the river, which I saw, wherefore repent and be baptized in all that that which is good, having a broken heart and a contrite spirit becoming a new being in Christ and accept those who come unto you with the words of life who cry before you because of the sins of the world for by their love 
of truth, their sorrow for the sins of the world, you may know their mind, saith the Lord. Amen. So, for by their love of truth and their sorrow for the sins of the world, you may know their mind, saith the Lord. Amen. So that was the book of Zobelness. Thank you for listening. Okay, Emmett, are you there? Yep. Well, we don't have anybody on the line. At least not that I can see. Well, how about on your end? Well, not that I can see this. That room? Empty. Okay. All right, well, I guess we'll just be done with the program. I'm going to have time to create a program for tomorrow since I have to go pick up my kids again. And um, I'm just, you know, if we don't have it, it's because I wasn't able to to do one. But if you go to facebook.com forward slash L-A-Z-U-R-U-S 1977, uh, you can see that I do post old programs there all the time. And uh, I just uh, reposted a program called The Rebellion, which talks where I talked about Lucifer and the office of Lucifer and what exactly happened in the rebellion and who he was before he became Satan and why he was, why he became Satan, how that happened. I'm not going to detail because, um, well, God's given me a lot of information. So um, that's something that I just posted on my YouTube and you can find that also at YouTube. So youtube.com forward slash user forward slash God is my compass. Or um, channel name is fundamentally Mormon. So anyway, um, yeah, I'll just, uh, you know, if you're interested in that sort of stuff. Well, I did a whole big old program about it. So and I'll try to post more of my old programs on YouTube. Also on YouTube, um, I post the reading, um, the reading portion of the program. I post that without the music on YouTube. You can read along with it uh, or just listen to it and read along or whatever. But I also post the link to the program like tonight's program is posted on YouTube under the reading portion. So um, there's a playlist, if you want to look that up also, called Fundamentally Mormon. I think it's Fundamentally Mormon Podcast or Podcast and Radio Program or something. Anyway, but if you look for Fundamentally Mormon in Podcast or in uh, Playlist, uh, there's a ton of information there for people who are interested. So uh, we go through a ton of different stuff. Also on blogtalkradio.com, I mean, I've read, as it is translated correctly, Blood Atonement, Judas Iscariot, 
United Orders. I've read all the volumes of Holy Priesthood 1 through 4, Preparation for the Kingdom, The Kingdom of God, Volumes 1 through 3, Michael Adams, Mystery of Creation, 95 Thesis. Uh, There's a lot, all of these books. I've been reading them for years, and you can find them all at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon. I mean, there's a list. There's like 14 pages of, I don't know. I mean, we're up into the 560s now in the podcast. So 560 or something like that radio programs so far. Anyway, all right, well, thank you, Emma, for helping out tonight. And I will give you a call in a little bit. And uh, just go ahead, cue the music. Thank you for everyone for listening. Take care, everyone. God bless and goodbye. Cue the music. Damn it. I you the music. I have it playing. It's counting down. I don't know what's wrong. Then turn it up. If you can't hear it, use your studio. Did you put the studio on the on the computer like I tell you to, or are you just playing with it on your phone? I'm on my phone with it right now. How many times do I have to tell you to use your com- the, the computer to get on the studio? Why don't you listen? Everybody, this is seriously one of my biggest pet peeves. We tell him all the time exactly how to do a thing. And then he says, okay, and then he does something else. Like, for instance, the other day, I told him to take in the stuff out of the car through the garage and put it on the kitchen table. He walks up the stairs to go in the front door, not through the garage. He just got done saying, okay, I will. And then he just continues to do whatever it is that he thinks he has to do. And he does it. Getting old. And I shouldn't have to lecture you on this program about it. I will do. Let's see here. Oh, look. Look, it works when I do it. I don't know why you can't do it. I tried. Anyway, thanks for listening. I'm sorry that you tried. You should try harder by using the computer when I tell you to use the computer.